Hello and welcome to the Kinetic Fitness Show, where we inspire you to live a longer, healthier, happy, and more joyful life. We cover everything you need to know to be optimally healthy in your mind, body, and spirit. Are you ready to become the ultimate version of yourself? Well, let's dive into another episode with your host and guide by your side, Allie West. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of the Kinetic Fitness Show. My name is Ali West. Thank you so much for joining me. This is episode number 72. Before we get started with today's episode, as always, don't forget to like, follow and subscribe to this podcast. Leave me a review on iTunes and share this podcast with your friends, family and loved ones and colleagues. The easiest way that you can share this podcast is by taking a screenshot of this episode and posting it to your social media. Tag me in it, Ali West Fitness, and then I will share it as well. And we can help and inspire more people to live longer, healthier, happier, and more joyful lives. Right, on to today's episode. My guest today is Sydney Olsen. And Sydney is a professional parkour athlete. You may have heard it called free running as well. But still, if you don't know what parkour and free running is, Basically, it's those crazy people that leap up walls, jump over buildings, and do backflips and all that mad stuff that looks visually amazing. But Sydney does explain in this podcast that it's not as dangerous and as life-threatening as a lot of people might think looking from the outside in. So Sydney has been a professional athlete for quite a number of years. She has been in films, on television adverts, in documentaries and also last year Sydney won the Red Bull Art of Motion free running competition. She came first place. Uh, The previous year she was runner up so she took it to the next level and won that competition. She also shares all of her skills, techniques, tricks, videos via her Instagram and her YouTube page. On Instagram currently, as I put this podcast out, she has over 110,000 followers plus thousands more on YouTube. So I will put the links to Sydney's Instagram and YouTube in the description of this podcast. So after this podcast, do go and check out her social media because it's incredible. So after following Sydney for quite a while and having a fascination with parkour I decided to reach out to her and ask her on the podcast and she said yes and we recorded this fantastic episode just a few weeks ago in terms of things that we discuss we go into Sydney's story how she got into free running and parkour and some of the gymnastic elements to it we talk about her training we talk about our mindset we talk about how we can get more people doing parkour not just guys but women as well and how she is an ambassador for females in the sport we talk about the dangers and the risks and injuries that come from parkour but as i said sydney mentions how it's not as dangerous as some people might think plus much much more so i know you're going to love this episode and if you are interested in free running or parkour this is going to be the episode for you but if not you're still going to take a lot of it on board because and get a lot from it because Sydney talks about other aspects that have helped her to be successful within the sport as well that can help you in everyday life as well so that's it let's get stuck into it I know you're going to love this episode Sydney is amazing and she shares so much great information and if you are interested in parkour this is going to be the episode for you make sure you go and check her out on social listen to this episode in its entirety and enjoy let's do it Hey, Sydney, thanks for joining me today on the Kinetic Fitness Show podcast. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. No problem. It's a little bit early for you, but it's all good. (laughs) (laughs) A little bit, but it's like normal time that I wake up, so it's all good. (laughs) No problem. No problem. You never know. Some people uh, get up late. Some people get up early, so that's good that you're up and about. No, I'm definitely a morning person. I don't know how people stay up late. I just can't do it. I'm in bed by like (laughs) 9 o'clock. everyone's different everyone's different I, I i think i come alive more in the evening so but as i said everyone's different so yeah we're going to talk today about parkour free running and, and your experience and your background and the things that you've achieved um and go into all of that and it's an area that i'm really interested in 
and I'm keen to pick your brain about. And it's a first for this podcast as well because we've not covered this area before. Uh, but before we do all that and before we get into some of the questions, can you just uh, fill myself and the listeners in with your story and your your backstory, so to speak? Yeah, sure. Um, so I grew up in a really small town called Port Orchard. It's in the state of Washington in the USA. And um, yeah, I was a really hyper kid and um, just was really ambitious, had a lot of goals. And so my parents like put me in soccer right away because they're like, she just needs to run around or something. And so I ended up spending a lot of time doing that and um, got quite good at it, but um, there was still something missing. Like my older sister did gymnastics. So um, I wanted to be just like her. And so I'd like watch what she was doing at gymnastics and I'd go try it in our front yard. So um, I was doing like, you know, I would start off doing cartwheels and stuff. And I saw she did like back handsprings or back foot. So I'd start just chucking that in the front yard. <laughs> and so my parents were like, all right, like obviously she needs to be put in gymnastics. So they put me in there and like right away I was like excelling at that because I was just so dedicated to it. And I put like all of my time and energy into it and was really excited to be there. And so over time I did that for about seven years competitively. And um, after a while, it kind of, it lost its flavor a bit because like my coaches were really hard on me to the point where it was like, it was just, it just lost all of its fun. It wasn't exciting for me anymore. It was just more of like going into a really stressful job every day. So um, so about 14 years old, I ended up quitting that and put more focus into like school and I did snowboarding occasionally, but other than that, I didn't really like attempt to stay in shape or anything. I just kind of like exercised every once in a while and was just more focused on my studies, I guess. And then, um, a few years down the line, I started coaching gymnastics, um, at the same gym that I was uh, a gymnast at. And while I was there, um, there were a few guys that came in that did parkour and I was just like, well, what is that? And so then they were kind of showing me how it sort of somewhat can translate with gymnastics. Like if you have a gymnastics background, it might be easier for you to pick up certain movements and stuff. So, um, so I started trying that out and just really enjoyed it, but never, ever thought that like I'd make a career out of it one day. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, I just, I noticed that I was training a lot. I was enjoying training and it was kind of like what it was when I first started doing gymnastics where it was like this really exciting thing for me. And I just wanted to get better at it and just keep getting better. So, um, when I was a junior in high school, I started doing this thing called running start, which is like, um, you can do your last two years of high school in college. So you can get college credit at the same time. So I started doing that and I wanted to become a nurse and that was like my goal. And so I um, put a lot of focus into nursing and then I decided to become a nursing assistant to see if I'd even want to do it fully. And then I found out very quickly that that was just not the career path for me. I did enjoy it, but um, I wasn't what I was passionate about. So when I was 20 years old, I ended up moving to China for a year, just just for fun <laughs> it, it seems really weird now and I'm like super glad I did it but it's just such a funny like detail of my life that I kind of forget existed but um yeah I moved to China I taught English for a year and um while I was over there I was sort of thinking of like what I actually wanted to do with my life and I didn't have to work very much when I was in China so a lot of time that I had that was free I would be trading and I noticed that I was getting a lot better and I was just really enjoying that so I told myself when I moved back to America I was going to move to LA and pursue free running and stunts and I was going to see how that went and um, so quickly moved back to the United States I moved back with my parents for a couple of months saved up some money and then moved to LA and uh, through this time it was like a really difficult process I dealt with like a lot of injuries and you know, LA is a very expensive place. So it was hard to sort of get into the business as well. But I had a lot of good friends that were like already in it. So that was nice. And just over time, um, I ended up getting like a couple jobs doing stunts, like falling down some stairs and um, just just really fun things like that. And uh, then while doing that, I was also competing in every parkour competition I could and I was winning and it was it was really exciting. And then just I guess I've just never stopped. I just kept pursuing it. And now I'm just kind of where I'm at now, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you think then that, do you think you would have took to it as so well and had the success you've had if you'd not gone into gymnastics to start with? Do you think it would have been harder or do you, is it difficult? To I'm, I'm not sure. I mean, like, I think either way, cause there's a lot of people that don't do gymnastics when they first start doing parkour 
you don't need it. It's definitely not a necessity and stuff. You can learn, especially now that we have gyms everywhere. It's, yeah. um, it's not hard to like go into a gym and like learn all the flips and stuff. But I am glad that I had that gymnastics experience because it, it definitely helped me at least with mentality and stuff towards facing fear. And because um, I think without gymnastics, it's probably not something that I would have really experienced in my life. So I would have had a harder time overcoming certain things with the sport. Yeah. So you've touched touched on a two two or so challenges that you've had there, and one is the injuries, and the other one being fear. Can you just go into a little bit more detail about some of the challenges that you faced uh, on top of those, and maybe a little bit more detail about the injuries and the fear and overcoming that, and how you've used that and harnessed that to to carve out your career? Mm-hmm, definitely, I think um, one of the biggest challenges I faced in my life actually had a lot to do with self worth issues. And um, it definitely comes from like a gymnastics background that's uh, super normal um, because in gymnastics, I, w- I don't want to say it's like always abusive or anything because it's not, but like um, there's a lot of coaches that are hard on the kids and they want them to, you know, win and do well and stuff. And so they're, they're putting a lot of like pressure on them and stuff. But um, one of the things that happened, and this is something I just like figured out recently, but um I was in like a rank in gymnastics, like my coach would rank us like on how well we were doing like performance wise and stuff. And um, I would usually kind of sit around like fourth place or something. And if you weren't in like the top three, you kind of weren't cared about as much because like the top three showed that they really wanted to be there according to my coach. So um, I think that kind of like puts a damper on like how you're going to feel obviously because you assume that if you're not in that podium area you're kind of worthless and stuff and so that's sort of what I started like realizing over time is that like oh if I'm not winning I'm kind of worthless and so that's something that um throughout like even parkour I noticed that I was like really hard on myself in this way that I just didn't need to be and um it was just so unnecessary people were like why is she like why is she like that she's training all the time like why is she so hard on herself if she doesn't get this right or you know And so it was something that like, I just realized recently and finding the root of the problem definitely helped because it's like, oh, well, that just doesn't make sense. And (laughs) now I can sort of move on from that. And it's also, um, if I find myself being like extra hard on myself, I'll, I'll ask myself a question. Like if this was someone else, like how would I treat them? Because I wouldn't act like that, you know? (laughs) So um, that's sort of like some of the things that really helped me with that. And then um, I've had a few pretty bad injuries um over time parkour is not something that I would consider to be super dangerous it's usually very calculated and stuff so um it's not it's not something that like you don't have to get hurt you know like if you're training properly and you're taking care of yourself you definitely don't have to get hurt but um throughout the first years of my parkour journey I sort of would kind of just chuck shit I just throw things that I wasn't ready for and stuff and would end up getting hurt from that and I'm also just really clumsy too. So a lot of times I like roll my ankle and doing nothing and stuff. But um, I would say one of the more specific ones was probably like within a month of moving to LA, you know, I'm pursuing this really big thing. I don't have a lot of money. And uh, first thing that happens is I break my hand and like in many different places too. It wasn't just like a little break. It was like, I needed surgery. I had to get like a titanium plate and like all of my fingers were broken some of them dislocated yeah it was kind of a brutal your hands are pretty important for parkour hey exactly you sort of <laughs> need it <laughs> you sort of need your hand and uh so that was that was really tough but it's i think what it did is it was testing me as like okay are you really committed to this are you really going to stay in la or are you just going to move back because the easier thing obviously would be moving back at that point because it's like you know i just I don't have any money and like now I just have this huge (laughs) injury that's you know gonna be there for a while so um I did what I could I ended up like coaching and stuff and it healed about three months later maybe even a little bit longer but like I was just committed to I just put everything that I would normally put into training into like making it better and so um throughout that I ended up getting stronger obviously like that is one thing I learned from all of my injuries is that, um, sorry, the sun is like on my face weird, (laughs) but, um, I've noticed from all of my injuries is the moment I get injured, I'm like, okay, I'm going to heal up and then I'm going to get better than I was because there's something to be learning from it always is. Yeah. Yeah. I think think there's two things that I'd want to touch on off the back of that and, and highlight to the listeners is that you said about being hard on yourself. And I think that's, 
that's a trait that a lot of people have when they're super passionate about something and they're also really goal driven and they want to be the best at what they do. And I've, I've been guilty of that myself, being too hard on myself. Oh, I'm not where I'm meant to be with my business or with my podcast or whatever the narrative is. And sometimes, yeah, we do just have to stop, reflect, and then ask ourselves, as you said, questions and open-ended questions to, to overcome that. Uh, and that's, that's just part of learning. As you said, that's part of, of life and developing is, is not being hard on yourself. And it's very difficult to do if you are ambitious. So I wanted to point on that. And then other, the other thing you said is about your injuries for you have been almost life lessons. And I think that's like anything, whenever we fall down, whether that's in parkour, whatever mm-hmm. sport we do, life, business, relationships, I think it's important that we learn the lesson and then pick ourselves back up. And as you said, come back stronger. So I really yeah. you made those two points and there's something that I can relate to. And I, I'm, I'm assuming a lot of the listeners can as well. So that's, I'm glad you mentioned those. Oh, for sure. There's, there's always lessons to be learned from it. I, um, I noticed that for real. <laughs> and, uh, recently I just got, um, a pretty gnarly head injury actually. Back is that in. the your scar there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's my scar. Um, that happened at early November. Um, I had just won the Red Bull Art of Motion, and that was like the biggest goal I ever had with parkour. And I've been trying to do that for like the past seven years. So, so finally, it happens, and it's like a really exciting moment. It, I, it did exactly what I thought it was going to do. Um, I won. I was very excited for ten minutes, and then I was like, okay, what's next? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, we got back and. I was training a lot and um, I just kind of wasn't sure like what direction I was trying to go in. Obviously I want to defend that title and stuff in the future, but like, you know, when you win something like that, there should be part of you that sort of wants to celebrate that and like, you know, take a little bit of time off or something. And I just kind of was right back to it. I was like, no, I need to focus. And then um, I was out training with my friends. We were at my gym and I was warming up doing something into a foam pit and um, one of the things that people always say about me is that I'm the most oblivious person to my surroundings. I'm never paying attention, like ever. <laughs> I'm just so focused on what I'm doing. I don't, I don't think about what's going on around me. So um, I was doing this move into the foam pit, but there's like this metal ladder that's next to the foam pit. And uh, <laughs> I was just like, I was kind of close to it, but like I never took into account that I would hit it, you know? And um, so I was doing the move again and I just went a little bit sideways and smacked my head on the metal bar and like landed in the foam pit. And I grabbed uh, the back of my head. I was like, oh, like I know I had just got a concussion and like didn't think much of it. And I kind of like got up and looked at my friends and they were like, oh no, like we need to go get towels. <laughs> and I said, oh, I'm bleeding. And like, I saw this blood like come in front of my face and stuff. And so um, I was asking them, like, how bad is it? And they said, well, we definitely need to go to the hospital. Like, you need stitches. And I'm like, okay, I'm just trying not to pass out. (laughs) So then we go to the hospital and I get stitched up and everything. And it's kind of, I'm not really thinking about the scar or anything that's going to leave until one of my friends is like, yeah, don't think about the scar. Don't think about like all this stuff. And it's like, well, I wasn't. Um, so then realizing it, I was like, wow, I'm going to have this really massive scar on my forehead. And, uh, that's going to be the first thing that people look at when they see me. And that was like immediately where my head went to, of course. And like, how is this going to affect my career? How's this going to affect this and that? And, um, so I was trying, I just sat in the moment. I'm like, okay, maybe what is this trying to teach me actually? And the lesson really is to kind of slow down and not be over ambitious in that way like to actually just take your time and like be aware of what's going on around you yeah so that lesson has already helped so much and um every time i notice myself doing it i'm like okay that scar in the forehead is a reminder of that you need to yeah pay yeah attention. <laughs> yeah pay attention to how you're feeling and not not rush things you know yeah and celebrate your success as well because you just had this huge achievement yeah. and, you, and you, you didn't slow down and you didn't also celebrate it you just went full, full throttle again and, and yeah the universe has kicked your ass a little bit and but it's good yeah. and what i love is that you can laugh about it that's just that's just brilliant because <laughs> a lot of people it could like affect them in a quote-unquote negative way but mm-hmm. you just you're smiling and you're happy and you're laughing about it but also you've been very kind of mature and positive there and the fact that it, you realize that it's a life lesson and you're going to take that on board and then use it to progress and excel so yeah. um, again I love that kind of stuff it's amazing yeah and I, th- I just wanted to just add because I know that a lot of people in sports and stuff when they get injuries it can be like a really depressing time for them because they're like oh I'm not doing 
the thing that I love the most and stuff. And that's kind of where the self-worth thing lies is your worth isn't really in what you do and stuff. Like you have to find other things about yourself that you enjoy. And um, so a lot of times like having an injury can be a positive influence in that way. Cause then you can take the time to figure out what that is yeah. instead of like, Oh man, I can't believe I can't do, you know, this and the figure and, and the bit. Oh my God, I'm just stuttering. <laughs> but the sooner, the sooner you can figure out like what that lesson is, the more like, I find the quicker your injury actually heals and the sooner you're able to like get back to living your normal life. But at the same time, it might not ever be normal again. Like you could have a really devastating injury that could take you out of your sport for good. And then what happens, you know, there's, there's other things that you can do. And so um, the head injury for me, like I knew I'd be okay and stuff, but within the first like five minutes of it, I didn't know that for sure. Like I thought, you know, it's, it's really painful and stuff. Like my head felt like I was being split open. Like it literally was. And so I think it was just important for me to like take into account, like everything's okay. You have to live in the moment and kind of not like plan too much for the future as well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. We've spoken a lot on this podcast about working on yourself and doing that deep work. And I guess you've looked at injuries and you, when you get injured as a, as a chance to do that work on yourself and maybe not a lot of athletes do that they're too busy thinking about how quickly can I get back when can I get back and then they end up injuring themselves even worse so it's a good way it's a really good way to look at it um, take the lessons do the work because you never know when what might happen or what when your career could be over so it's a, it's a great way to to look at it and observe the situation mm-hmm, definitely talk to talk to me then and the listeners about like what your training your current training regime entails because the, i'm i'm interested in this because of my fitness background and and what i do for a living i, I want to know the ins and outs of your training so what's that currently look like yeah definitely um so in a normal day i'll get up and do like a conditioning class at this um other gym that i go to and it's like a 50 minute long class it's really kind of made a difference in my training at least it's like increased like my jumping power and also just I lost like a little bit of weight last year and it definitely helped like transform my game there so I do that probably four times a week just yeah it's just like a lot of high intensity interval training type stuff and um, then after that I'll usually go and train either in a gym or outside depending on the day Um, just what I feel like end up doing but um I'll, I'll usually go with my teammates and we'll just kind of go out and we'll like work on stuff together, just random flips or jumps that we find challenging or fun. And then we'll try and put together like lines, stringing all of it together. And we'll try and film it because um, also part of my job is that I have to put this stuff on social media so I can get paid for that and stuff. <laughs> so I'm a sponsored athlete as well. And uh, so we do that. And then um, usually in the nighttime, I'll either do some kind of rock climbing or boxing as well. Just for fun and okay. the rock climbing actually helps a lot with the grip strength and stuff that you sort of need for parkour as well yeah what 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 would you say then particularly for yourself are, are the are the key attributes or not just for yourself for, for anybody that wants to do free running do parkour whether they're a complete beginner or maybe more advanced athlete like yourself what what are the key attributes uh, for the sport I think one of the cool things about the sport is that you can't really get better without being able to face fears. Um, I know that like most sports, it really does apply to, but there are some where you could be like, oh, you know, I just got to like do this a little bit better, whatever. No, it's like you really have to face some fears in order to get better. And um, so anyone that's like trying to begin, I would say just a positive mindset towards training and stuff because you're not going to get things right away. It takes a long time to get good at it. And (laughs) I think it's just being resilient, not being afraid to fall and, you know, just being resilient in the way that you're going to get up when you do fall. It's like kind of the key ones that you'd need. Perfect. And I'm, I'm assuming like strength and core strength and all of that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, well, you do need strength, but I have seen people like come into the gym that's like that have never moved in their life and stuff and they can get quite good, but um, they'll find out real quick that like, yeah, they do need to work on their strength in order to get like better because you, 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 oh my God, doing it again. Um, <laughs> you do have to get strong in order to be able to um, like jump or climb up on a wall and stuff. It's, it's harder than it looks. It does require certain strengths and techniques and stuff, but I've also seen like like a lot of people that were just really, really strong come into the gym and have like the most difficult time with some of that technique based stuff. So I think it's just, you also just have to be patient as well. Yeah. I think as well with, I mean, I've watched so much of it. 
I'm, I'm talking about it here and I've never actually really given it a go myself other than maybe trying to scurry up a fence or something. So I'd love to have a go and, and, and do some, do some moves for sure. Maybe when I come over to LA or California, I can come and do a session. But, um, I think what I realized when I watch it and my, my background for like the last eight, nine years has been in biomechanics and human movement and applied functional science. And when I look at it, a lot of the stuff you guys are doing or people that are participating in the sport, it's a lot of it's like what I'd call primal movement patterns anyway, like climbing, pushing, bending, twisting, pulling, all that kind of stuff. It's, it's stuff that's almost like genetically ingrained in us. Yes, you can do like what you do sometimes, like the funky flips and the twists and back flips and spinning around and all that kind of stuff and flags and stuff. You can do all of that. But a lot of the like basics, it's already almost ingrained in us. So you just need to learn a few few more moves and, and get, as you said, stronger to, to progress. Am I right in saying that? Oh, definitely. Yeah. I think, I think anyone can really do it. You know, there's, um, you don't have to be going for like the most massive jump or anything. Like you can start off doing like a couple basic vaults. It's, it's not, it's not like a hard thing to get into and stuff. Like I taught my mom some stuff and she enjoyed it, (laughs) but yeah, she's, you know, like she's not ever going to pursue that or anything, but, um, she did really enjoy it and stuff. I think, and you know, like anyone can just give it a go and try it out. And it's, like I said, I think it's sort of something that we're supposed to be doing. It just feels good to move that way, you know? Yeah. Makes sense completely. How can, how can we get more people doing it then? What would be your, your advice for, for people or to get more people doing it? And particularly, um, am I right as well in thinking it's more like most sports, more of a male dominated sport and you're, you're like paving the way and leading the way for the females as well. So how can we get more people in general, male and female doing the sport? Mm, I think, um, well, it's such an interesting time we live in because we have things like YouTube and the internet and like Instagram and everything. So you can see all these videos of it and the way that most people I feel like get involved with parkour is they watched a video or something and they got inspired and wanted to give it a try. And so I think one of the things that we can do is like put it on a bigger scale to where more people are seeing it. So like whether that be viral videos or something, but I feel like most of the time people do know what parkour is now. Like I feel like it's it's not as often where if I explain it to someone, they don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah. It's kind of gotten to the point where they understand it, but they see it as like, oh yeah, the pe- the crazy people that are like jumping off buildings. I sort of wish that they could see that it's not just that. And there's so much more to the movement than just, you know, like the dangerous thing that they think it is, right? Mm. So um, I would like to say maybe like putting more competitions or something on the map, like bigger competitions to where more people can see that would be like one of the ways that people could see it and be like, whoa, that's awesome. I want to try it, you know? Yeah. And then as for the women, because you're super right, it's a very male dominated sport. I can name like, there. I mean, there's getting to be more and more women for sure, but I could probably name like 30 that are like really good, you know, and that's about it. And then, um, so I think that with women, it's also putting yourself out there more. And so what I've been doing with competing and stuff is trying to inspire more women to get involved that way is because like, if you're competing, more people are going to see you, they're going to take you seriously as well. And um, more sponsorships will look at you, that kind of stuff. And, and we live in such a good time to where in parkour, the sports are young too, that like, you could get a good sponsorship, you know, it's, it's really incredible that way. So I think, um, yeah, I think for me, it's more women need to compete, more women need to be putting out content so that other women can see it because I feel like more women will get involved if they see that other women are doing it, if that makes sense. Yeah, that that definitely makes sense for sure. Let's talk about then people getting involved and there'll be people, what are we in like half an hour into this podcast and they'll be listening and they'll be thinking, oh, this is inspiring. I want to get going. I want to actually give it a shot or they might've watched an Instagram video or you or YouTube or whatever. And they want to, they want to get started, but they're a complete beginner. What would be your advice and tips for, for beginners to, to get them, to get them going and get them started? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, there's classes all over now you could look into it, but if, if you don't have a gym near you or something, I mean, I started off by watching like YouTube tutorials and it definitely helped me. So you can just find something like maybe even something soft, you know, start with some really basic stuff, you know, jumping from this thing to that thing, or like, here's an obstacle. How do you get over it? Like what kind of different vaults can you do? And, um, so you could start off that way and just learn some really, really basic stuff and then just start getting creative with those things. Like, like, Oh, I got into the vault this way. What could I do over this wall now? And just sort of like try and link that kind of stuff together because a good foundation is going to help you overall. So if you start off really small like that, then it's just going to make it even better for the future. 
Yeah. And if they wanted to to take it to the next level and and get more advanced, would is it best for them to go and get coaching to to take it to the next level? Or I would not say, necessarily? I, mean, I would say it would be helpful, but it's not necessary because okay. I feel like a lot of people that are that have been doing the sport as long as I have, we didn't start off with gyms and stuff because um, that's sort of I want to say somewhat new. Like I I know. I don't know when the first gym opened and stuff, but I feel like it was within the last 10 years. Yeah. So, um, and I started like 10 years ago and stuff. So I feel like a lot of people that have been practicing as long as I have, um, didn't start off with coaching. So it's definitely, um, not necessary, but I'm seeing like a lot of kids that are really young that are so good already that have all the coaching and all the gyms and stuff. And so it just depends on like what your goals are with it. If you were just trying to get better, at the movement and just fully enjoying it that way you wouldn't necessarily need coaching but if you were trying to get better at something specific and you just kind of were a little bit stumped and stuff I would say maybe take that up a little bit yeah yeah. when you when you compete then and you're in competitions how how is it judged and how do you how do you win just I'm sorry sorry if I'm being ignorant here but I just I'm just intrigued like I want to know how how it uh, how it's judged, how it's scored, what 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 the criteria is, etc. Yeah, definitely. So there's currently like three different types of competitions that we do in parkour and free running. Uh, first one is like skill based, so um, they're all parkour movements, right? They'll give you like a specific challenge that you have to do, like oh you're gonna gonna stride this so like with one leg you have to land with two and then jump from this one to this one and then like land in this position whatever and they're trying to see like um who can get it done the quickest basically um you'll be given like a certain amount of tries or whatever and then you have to try and get it the quickest out of anybody else so that one's a really fun one to do yeah and then um we have speed competitions as well which is basically you're given a starting and ending point and just like this whole course that you have to do in a certain order and stuff and so they'll try and see who can do that the fastest you know obviously just that's pure parkour right there is like getting from point a to b as quickly and efficiently as possible so that one is not my favorite one (laughs) (laughs) i i compete mostly in the freestyle aspect which is like yeah the free running aspect where you're it's all creative movement you're given usually a starting point and ending point but how you get there is like totally up to you you can add whatever flips involved and this and that and so it's judged based off of like difficulty, how difficult were the tricks, um, execution, how well did you land it? Um, was it like really messy or was it kind of clean? And then creativity, like how much thought did the line have? Like how much planning did it seem like it took? And you know, like how well did things move together? So that's, that's the flow category where like, if you're, are you stopping or is everything connected like without minimal steps in between things? And then I think overall impression is like the other one where it's like, how exciting was it to watch, you know, <laughs> just total. <laughs> so yeah, yeah that's cool. usually how it's judged. And so then um, if you can take all of those boxes, that's usually how you win. I suppose that's a good, a good thing as well. There's, there's different categories and different ways of doing it as well, because somebody might want to come into it and and compete and then they really want to do the speed stuff or somebody might be more freestyle like you so it gives them an avenue an avenue other than just being pigeonholed into one particular way you can only be assessed or judged this this particular way yeah definitely and there's people that come in too that are just so good in the difficulty but they might not be super good in like the flow category you know and it's it's kind of cool because then you can see that everybody has different styles as well and not everybody's competing to win either you know a lot of people are just competing for fun and so they like want to have like the most difficult style which would be really cool too so it's kind of see it's kind of nice to see how the categories work out as well yeah yeah yeah. in terms of stuff you've done then whilst you whilst you're free running and performing the the tricks and the the techniques and stuff what's what's one of the like most craziest things you've done or the most craziest moves you've ever done or tried to do okay um it's it's called the sukahara which is hilarious it's actually like one of kind of a gymnastics movement that i learned when i was a kid and um it's normally you do it on mats which is nice but (laughs) you do it like off of the vault it's like this running thing where you do like a round off which is kind of like a cartwheel but then you miss your feet and you flip so um, I wanted to do that during uh, the competition that we had last summer. And um, 
I didn't actually want to do it. Like it's, it hurts to land it. Like it's, it's a hard movement <laughs> and especially on something that's concrete. So I was like, Oh God. And I just knew that because it's like the big trick round. So they also have that sometimes where they have like a big trick round after the two flow rounds. So that way you're not super focused on just doing one big trick. You're like focused on doing like a run and then they have the big trick round. So you can just do something gnarly. And uh, <laughs> so I, I was like trying to think of a movement to do and I was like, Oh, I guess I could do that. <laughs> but like fully knowing that if it goes wrong, it's just not going to be okay. <laughs> so um, I, I'd done this move several times and like had prepared it, but never like did it on anything so hard. And so yeah. um, during the competition, I like did it to a couple of mats and I was like, well, I'm just going to fully save it for the competition. Cause I don't want to like bruise my heels or anything. Cause it can, yeah, it can hurt to land it. <laughs> so um, when I was competing it, I'm like, okay, I have to get it right first try. Otherwise like I could really mess myself up, you know? And uh, first try, I totally like fell. Um, I like hit my feet first, which was good, but then I like fell on my back and I'm like, okay, that wasn't that bad. <laughs> and then I got up and had to do it again and then I landed it the second time, but it definitely did not feel good either time. <laughs> so it was a cool move though. Hopefully I can like send you a video and maybe you can understand it a little bit better. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Definitely. I'd send it over and we'll check that out. Mm -hmm. um, I love the crazy stuff and the daring stuff, but also you've got to, I guess a lot of it's like anything, it's it's risk versus benefit, is it? It's weighing up what is the risk worth the the benefit of pulling it off. And I always yeah, say that to people sure. in the gym as well. Is I see people doing crazy stuff in the gym, like I don't know, maybe like trying to stand one leg on a bosu or a wobble board whilst like juggling or trying to do bicep curls. And I'm just like, why are you doing that? And they're like, you don't really have an answer. And I'm like, look, risk versus benefit is, is the benefit going to outweigh the risk? And most of the time they're like, no, not really. So yeah, but the cool stuff looks good when you pull it off. <laughs> <laughs> but I try not to take um, too many risks and stuff because now that it's my career and stuff, if I'm injured, obviously that's some time off that I maybe don't want. <laughs> so yeah. I try to be a little bit more calculated with what I'm doing. And that one, it didn't seem like it was going to be like a risk to me I, I figured I would either land it or it would be controlled enough to bail it but I figured the worst that it would be would be that I would maybe not be able to train for like a couple days because I would be yeah. too sore or something and it was fine and I was sore and it was all good <laughs> you mentioned that a couple of times Sydney like the the um that parkour isn't necessarily that risky or it can't be and I think a lot of people as you mentioned earlier would be put that's the biggest maybe obstacle or hurdle to people getting started is they look at it and think oh my god I'm gonna like fall off a building or fall off a wall or I'm gonna break my leg or break my neck or a combination of all of that so what would you say to what would you say to those people to like get them over that hurdle well first of all I get I get those comments every day where yeah. people are like <clears throat> they're like hey I would uh <laughs> if, if I tried that I'd land on my neck it's like well of course you would because you've never done it before and I'm doing something at a professional level um it's kind of like the same with me riding a motorcycle like I am likely if I rode a motorcycle over dirt jumps to die definitely yeah. but that's the thing is you don't start off at that level you start off very basic and so um the idea of that is like I wouldn't get hurt if I was starting with the absolute basic of that, right? If, if someone was like helping me on the motorcycle was like, okay, this is what you're going to do. You know, you're going to like ride from here to here and like, I'm going to help you, you know, like it's, it's yeah. the same thing as that just with anything else. Like you're not going to just try the absolute hardest thing that you can do in the sport. Yeah. Um, yeah. So first, don't run know, before you can walk basically. Exactly. But I think, I think a lot of people forget that, um, that those athletes that are like at the top of their sport and stuff, they didn't just start there. You know, they started off as a beginner. I once sucked really bad too for a long time. So, <laughs> you know, so I would think that that would be the thing I would tell them is that it doesn't, it doesn't start at the highest point of your career. It starts off at the very basic of like learning to jump from a one thing to another, like on the ground, like two lines, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. We've spoken a lot about beginners there, but probably one area we haven't touched on is the people that are probably more like yourself, the more advanced, maybe even the professionals. So if there's maybe someone that's more advanced in their, in their free running career, what advice would you give to them? What tips would you give to them to maybe take things to the next level? Hmm. To take things to the next level there. I would say just um, work on your mindset. I think that's the biggest thing is that 
it, it gets to a point where it's less about physical stuff and more about mental stuff because mm. you can, you know, you can get strong, you can work on all these things, but at some point it's going to be scary to like look at a certain jump and be like, I don't know if I can make that or not. And then that's where you have to work on your mindset and like understand what you are capable of doing and what you aren't and uh, what you can do to get to that like highest potential as well. Because uh, I like, I feel like a lot of people they'll be scared of something and then immediately be like, okay, yeah, that's that's it. But you have to know how to push past that, and you have to know how to push past like having a bad training day or whatever. Like there's there's just so many avenues to that. Like like with any other athlete as well, where if yeah if they're having a bad training day and they're just like yeah that's it like I want to go home. Or it's like knowing whether to quit or knowing whether to like keep pushing. Like just knowing yourself well enough to understand what to do next. I guess is the biggest thing. What have been some of the the key things for you then that have helped improve and strengthen your mindset? Um, so for me, one one of the great things about my boyfriend is when we first met, he he's like very very good with psychology. So for him, he just kind of like digging into my mind, kept asking like those open ended questions that like really make you think, you know. <laughs> and it's helped me understand um, more about myself. But I think it's like you had said earlier, it's asking yourself those questions and it's like understanding why you think the way you do. And if it's something that doesn't make sense, like how can you change it, you know? And um, I can't remember the question, but. <laughs> I said, yeah, I think I said, um, what have the, been the big things for you to improve your mindset or work on your mindset? So you said questions, that's one. Uh, anything yes. else? <laughs> that is one, asking yourself questions, um, not always trusting your thoughts um because I feel like a lot of times we have these really negative self-doubty sort of thoughts that are like oh I can't do that why like why am I even thinking about it you know obviously you had the thought of doing it so that means on some level you're capable of it it's just um trying to get rid of that idea that you can't do it and maybe work on it enough to where you could because you don't have to start off trying it first try you know you could there's always a progression for everything so that's helped me a lot is like not trusting the thought and understanding that if I really wanted to do it, I could do it and just work on it. And so that's been super helpful to me. And then also just like, if I am having a bad training day, um, know that it's not every day, you know? And if it's like, yeah. if it ends up being multiple days, it's like, okay, what's going on? Like, why am I thinking this way? <laughs> and then yeah, asking those questions yet again. But um, I feel like if you're, if you're going to be a professional athlete, it's hard to show up a hundred percent every single day. So it's okay to be like 80% and stuff, just do something else. Like if it's too hard to do like this thing specifically, maybe work on something that's a little bit easier for you. Yeah. Yeah. That, that last one goes back to what we said earlier about not being too hard on yourself. And knowing that you're not going to be A1 on it all the time. You're not going to be operating at 100% or 100 miles an hour all the time. And this is something that me and my wife have to remind ourselves of because we run our business together and we're always wanting to like the business to be successful and drive it on to the next level and the next level. But then sometimes we just have bad days where things don't go right or you're not 100% on it or maybe you've woke up and you're not in the highest vibrational state. But we say to ourselves now, as we're learning more about ourselves and how to develop on a personal and deeper level, we, we use the term like, don't sweat it. Don't sweat mm -hmm. it. If, if you're having a, a bad training day or a bad day or you're not 100% on it, just don't sweat it. Next day, next day is going to be different. And then learn the lesson exactly. and move on. And having that positive mindset too. It's just, I, it's such a cliche, but it's so easy. It's like, it's not hard to hold that I feel like if, if you just get rid of the negativity you're just like acknowledge it understand that it's there and then get get rid of it and like focus yeah. on what actually excites you you know because um if I wake up one day and training doesn't sound exciting to me for some reason it's not that I'm not going to go do it but like maybe I'll do a little bit of it and like test it out see how it feels but then I'll like do what actually excites me that day you know if it's like a hike or something it still benefits me to go do that because it's like going to put me in a better mindset or whatever it is like doing the things that you're most excited about is going to help you with life in general <laughs> yeah and we all have the choice as well we've got like a powerful brain and a powerful body we, we have the choice we can choose to to think negative thoughts and to say negative things and to be in a negative uh, mindset or state or we mm -hmm. can choose to be what we're talking about, being more positive, choosing positive thoughts, choosing positive actions. So we all have the choice, no matter where we are in our life, no matter what is, what's happening to us, we all have that choice to, to be positive. Yeah, and I hope more people realize that too, because that is something that I'll notice too. It's like, oh, I just 
I, I don't feel good, blah, blah, blah. Well, it's your choice. You know, that's your choice to not feel good. Yeah. You, um, you have to just make that conscious choice to either change that or just realize it's not your day and that's okay. And just move on and next day I'll be better. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Definitely. <laughs> Talk to me then about some of your biggest achievements. I know you mentioned one earlier, but if you could like run through some of the things mm-hmm. that you thought, oh my God, this is amazing. This is what I've worked for. What, what are some of those biggest achievements? Uh, I think last year was probably the best year for me um, as far as like how training really kind of paid off and stuff. Like I said, I started like doing more conditioning and this and that, and I ended up winning. Um, like I've won the NAPC, that's the North American Parkour Championships. Um, for the freestyle thing, I've won that every time I've done it, which has been, um, how many times have I competed in that? That was so weird. <laughs> I think five times. <laughs> and, uh-huh. then, um, and then, yeah, the Red Bull Art Emotion was definitely like, the biggest one because that's like our basically our world championships um and then the in 2017 the last time we had it I ended up like getting a concussion two days before the event so I couldn't compete in it but uh yeah so (laughs) I would say those two are always really exciting accomplishments and I'm trying to think of more I know that there's other accolades but I just cannot (laughs) think of it right now in terms of I know obviously another good thing or appealing thing about the sport is that maybe you can travel to different locations and see different countries and stuff like that and in terms of places you've been and places you've seen and places you've uh done your free running where where's highlights highly for you where where have been some good places um so we've had competitions in uh santorini greece which was really incredible Always i watched that one. Oh, you did it. yeah 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 i watched it it was cool because the, the the scenery is incredible isn't it and i yeah so yeah. i watch a lot of the red bull stuff so yeah i saw oh, that okay. one okay um do you know what year you saw no <laughs> <laughs> that's okay um and then uh I've, I've gone to spain i've gone to prague sweden um vienna just england just a lot of different places and the, it just keeps coming too like i oh yeah the netherlands we have a competition in uh, the Netherlands this year and then like a little jam in Germany right after that so it's just like if you want to travel to these things you can go to them and then oh and then we have one uh there's like a women's jam that I'm going to next month in Australia I'm really excited for that because wow. I've never been to Australia before and my name is you know Sydney so yeah <laughs> like, yeah, yeah go <laughs> but uh yeah I mean just I've gotten to go to some really really exciting places and I plan to just keep doing that because obviously with parkour another passion that's developed of mine is definitely travel. Like I love traveling, so I'll kind of go anywhere. Oh, oh, and I've been to China quite a few times now as yeah. well for like competitions and stuff too, which has been cool. Nice. So what are the, what's the targets? What's the goals? What's the aspirations for, for the future and for the coming years? Mm, yeah, that's a hard one right now. Cause <laughs> I think with the head injury and stuff, I kind of had to take a step back and not think so much like in terms of goals yeah. and sort of just like, all right, I'm just going to like, kind of figure out just yeah just thoroughly enjoy the moment so that's actually kind of one of my goals is to be more present because I think I'm so goal oriented that I think like way too far in the future I think like in the past of like how I could have been better and this and that so um I'm trying to find more of that balance of like being present and just fully enjoying like where I'm at and stuff um I think some of the goals, obviously, um, we're going to do Red Bull Art of Motion again this year. I would like to defend that title, but more or less, I'd just like to compete in it again. It's a really exciting competition. And then, uh, yeah, that's sort of like what I have right now. Nothing crazy. Just just want to train and just fully enjoy it for however long I get to keep doing it for. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> live, live, live your life. Live your life and live in the moment, as you said. That I think another thing to, to say about what you just said is that it's about and I don't always like the word so much, but about striking that balance as well, isn't it? Of it's good to have goals, but to not let them consume you and overtake you and, and be the be all and end all. Sometimes yeah. you need the goal, you need a bit of reflection, but more importantly, you need to be right here where we are now in this, in this present moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, for me, like I said, it always used to be super goal oriented. So I was never really living in the present or anything. And it wasn't, that's why I wasn't really able to like fully celebrate those accomplishments and stuff. Cause I was already thinking about like, what's the next step and stuff. And I think there's been 
plenty of times in my life where I needed to have that goal in order to get things done and stuff. Otherwise, obviously, I wouldn't be where I'm at if I didn't have those goals in the first place. But um, as of right now and stuff, I feel like I can kind of finally take a step back and like chill out a little bit. But I'm still training as hard as I can. But it's just it just feels a little bit different this time around, which is good. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, I needed it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And it's you're evolving and growing as as you do all of that as well. So that's amazing to hear. Brilliant. I, I've really enjoyed this, Sydney. I've really enjoyed the chat and I know the, the listeners are going to love this one as well. So before we kind of wrap things up, where can people go to find out more about you and learn more about what you do? Uh, you can follow me on Instagram. My Instagram is at Sydney Olson one. And uh, if you wanted to like look me up on YouTube, you could literally just type in Sydney Olson, you'll find some stuff. But yeah, you could watch some of those videos. I, I like to upload one every month of like just my normal training that'll show like how many times I fell and stuff and how, like all the progressions for things. So yeah. um, those have been really fun for me to make. And I think a lot of people enjoy watching them because it shows that it takes a lot <laughs> to be able to like get good at certain things. So yeah, it's fun. Definitely. And we always end the show with a favorite quote so can you give us a quote to finish i hopefully i uh, <laughs> i uh, warned you about this <laughs> you did warn me about this and i forgot um but it's all good because i do have a quote that like i do enjoy thinking about and it's Perfect. it's a very cliche one everyone's probably heard it but whether you think you can or you think you can't you're probably right and it's it's true yeah henry ford yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's not the first time I've heard that one on the show, but it's nope. good. Uh, <laughs> it's, but it's true though. It's it's true. It's it's, yeah. it's so true. Um, and that's why I love the quotes because they all they're all true and they all mean something. So yeah. thank you for that, and thank you for your time. I appreciate it, and I wish you all the success with your with your career. And if you're over my way, let's uh, do some do some free running. You can coach me, and then if I'm over your way, we'll do the same. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Let me know. Perfect. Cheers, Sydney. Thank you very much. Thank you. That's a wrap on another episode of the Kinetic Fitness Show. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a review, and share this podcast episode with your friends, family, and colleagues. Until next time, peace and love. <laughs>